Hi everyone, welcome to episode 19 of Shebrews Hebrews, the Jewish Fermenting Podcast. Today we've got another tangents episode due to some scheduling issues and, well, some errors on my part on trying to get things organized. I didn't have time to record this one, so instead we've got some more tangents for you. Just a few this time, but hopefully you all enjoy, and hopefully we'll have a new episode for you in two weeks. With that, on to the tangents. Okay. I have an opinion about Fahrenheit. The math isn't nicer for Fahrenheit, but Fahrenheit is more usable for some th- for many things. Yeah. Like, if you tell me that the temperature is uh, 50 degrees versus 60 degrees or 50 degrees versus 70 degrees, that means a lot to me, like, in terms of how I sense it. Yeah. Like, Fahrenheit says a lot about how, like, a human being senses temperature, whereas Celsius is talking about water, centigrade, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the difference between a couple of degrees in Celsius is a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And it makes more sense to be talking in terms of, like, our physical perception in Fahrenheit. That is true. But I also... Fahrenheit is the only imperial unit I still use regularly. Everything I think in kilos, I think in kilometers, I think in liters. I do not. I know slug feet per second squared for you. Right? No slug <laughs> or British thermal units. Oh my God, British thermal <laughs> units. Every engineering student hates. Evan and I are both former engineering students, now engineers. Every engineering student in the U.S. at some point will have to do a math problem using units of slug slugs or slug feet per second squared or uh, some variation on that uh, that's just plain old ugly. You got your British thermal units, which are a unit that I, to this day, do not understand why nope. anybody touches. Uh, but they show up in math problems. They yeah. show up in engineering problems. And they proceed to drive everybody up the wall. And then you try and forget that ever happened. <laughs> so in my thermo class, which was... I, the professor was not great at teaching, honestly. But he was the most vindictive of all my professors. Which Ooh. seems right for thermodynamics. Right? Oh, I got really lucky with my thermo professor. My, my my fluids professor was great. My heat transfer professor was incredible. My thermo professor was mean. But... So we had this one really great professor who taught a whole bunch of core classes. He taught two quarters worth. He taught thermo exactly twice. Oh. And I got really lucky and got one of his two quarters of thermo. Oh, that's very lucky. No, I got the, the guy who the, the guy who taught the bigger thermo class because it was the one that fit in my schedule. But he several times had us do problems in BTUs and had to show at every step all of our units, which is actually good practice if you're doing engineering problems, especially at your in your relatively intro classes, which Thermo is effectively included in. Showing, including your units everywhere along your equation is good practice. That's fine. But he wanted you to include it in BTUs. So what several people, including myself and my uh, roommate did, is we did the problem in metric and converted every step of it <laughs> dropping it down into btus and then and then did it because that was easier than doing the problem in btus yeah nobody wants to do a problem in btus nobody wants to do 
problem in slugs. It's just... I mean, the slug only exists because the kilo does. Yeah. The slug yeah, postates the kilo. Well. Or when you're talking about pounds, there are pounds mass versus pounds force. Yeah. Those are technically different units. And the only time it's ever going to show up as something to bother you is when you're an engineering student. I, I, <laughs> no I, scientist I, I know is going to work with them because they just use a freaking kilo. I was going to say, hopefully some physics student occasionally gets uh, tortured by them. Oh, but presumably physics students or maybe every once in a while a chemistry student. True. But... Um, you're never going to use them in real life. Just, like, deal with it while you're a student and then, uh, you know, go brew something interesting that'll wipe it out of your brain. <laughs> I mean, did I tell you that the, uh, my, the friend who taught me homebrewing was a chemical engineer? Well, is a chemical engineer. Uh, well, I can tell you about the friend who taught me homebrewing. He's a mechanical engineer. Yeah? His name was Evan. Have you met him? I think I have. <laughs> Oh, we are not getting anywhere on infusions today, are we? Well, Wars of Spanish Secession, when the English were helping the Dutch become independent from the Spanish and trying to fight against the then most powerful nation in Europe, Spain, or Habsburg Spain, I should say. The Dutch, the English helped when fight the Dutch. Assume the English are fighting with somebody. Yes. And it's probably either the Spanish or the French. It's probably the French, but sometimes I mean, it's the Spanish. Yes, but I mean, you can real, you can say. That about pretty much every country in Europe for more than 500 years. They're yeah. fighting with somebody, except Switzerland. Well, Switzerland... Which is... is staring which is staring aggressively across the border. Yeah, they're not necessarily... Switzerland is not actually the most neutral place. They just don't actually fight. Oh, they fight. They just don't fight for them. They don't fight under their own name. Swiss yes. mercenaries have a long, distinguished military history. Yes. There's a reason is... the Vatican has the Swiss Guard. Yes. But, oh boy. Um, sorry, I need to mention. I'm not sorry about this. I, I just keep saying sorry. If you want to see something ridiculous, look up the Swiss Guard uniforms. Yeah, they are ridiculous. They are. Some some people claim Michelangelo um, designed them. they were designed by Michelangelo. They're hideous. Seen, they are hideous. I haven't seen anything historically to back that up. But it looks like a bad thing you'd find at a Ren Faire. I'm just going to say that. Yes. It looks like what you would see the fool dressed in at yeah. a run far. Exactly. Uh, and these are modern professional soldiers. And they're hideous. This is not some honorary guard. These are real soldiers. And they are hideous. Um, so bad. <laughs> but so... Uh, what, so bad. We talked oh, about your neighbor, the, the old man We spirits. were on a tangent about everybody in Europe fighting. And I've already mentioned punches, which is definitely going to be one of the things. Though the most famous punch bowl is not used for punch. Is it the one in that gif where the girl, like, where they're all, the whole family is celebrating and then this little girl in a party hat just smashes the punch bowl and flips out? No. That's one of my that's not what I was thinking. I guess it is occasionally used for punch, though more often it's used for beer and champagne in roughly June. I'm sending you that gif. Can, can you get... And it's um, it's not been in your preferred place for about 52 or 3 years. You're, you're getting this gif. 
Do you have any idea what I'm uh, suggesting is the world's most famous punch bowl? No. Oh, you're... Ah. <laughs> is that it? You get it? Yep. I was motioning holding it above... Uh, holding it with its extension above my head. Also known as Lord Stanley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is, in my opinion, the greatest trophy in all of college... Uh, not all of college sports. In all of sports. It's a good one. Yeah, though okay. Olympic medals are their own thing. The Stanley Cup is, the, in my opinion, the best trophy in all of sports. Then there are college, college football, college, especially college hat, football. Hat, 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 yeah. hat, 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 hat. Let me see this gif. Uh, but while well, it's loading. Uh. Sorry, the hat, hat, hat thing is um, uh, ah! my alma mater. <laughs> you see the punch bowl? <laughs> yes. Okay, Evan is going to link this in the show notes. If they, if they, if this survives, if this and if not, it'll be in the tangents episode. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, the hat, 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 hat thing is a reference to um, the my alma mater, Northwestern University, plays against uh, University of Illinois in the Land of Lincoln game mm-hmm. for the Land of Lincoln Trophy, which is shaped like a hat, like Lincoln's hat, and every uh, year, um, the Northwestern, every year that it happens, the Northwestern. Uh, I think it's the parody paper, not the real paper, but they, they post an article that's just the word hat like a million times with images interspersed, and it's just the word hat. Well, that is wonderful. No, but what I was actually going to say is my second favorite, it's effectively a group trophy uh, in col- in sports, are Big Ten college football trophies. Because yeah. there are things like the Land of Lincoln trophy, there is the Little Brown Jug. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that the Michigan one? So Little Brown Jug is Michigan-Minnesota. Which is the story behind it is in 1906, the Michigan team was effectively undefeated or effectively unbeatable. It was referred to as the point a minute squad, even though they didn't actually score quite at that rate. It nearly was. And the only team that did not lose to them that year was Minnesota, which was not very good that year. And so Minnesota, but the coach before the game didn't trust that Minnesota wouldn't try and uh, poison the water supply. Dysentery. <laughs> Oh my god! So what he did this is he had comes back. he went out and bought a bunch of jugs of water, so that he knew he had clean water that he'd fill himself. And Minnesota tied the game six six and rushed the field. And one of the Minnesota players took one of the jugs from the Michigan sideline and was just hoisting it like a trophy. And the equipment manager for Minnesota painted it in blue, blue on one side, maroon on the other, so the school colors with a block. Each school's M logo and the and the store six with a big sits for Minnesota, a smaller sits for Michigan. Huh. And ever since then, and I've actually seen I, I have a photo with the brown jug. It's a pretty big, it's like a two-gallon jug. They paint there's they paint the stores of every single game on it. And it is one of the tr- many trophies that goes back and forth. Um, which is really fun. Uh our alma maters. Uh, well, technically, I am a alumni of both Michigan and Minnesota, but our alma maters last weekend played for a brand new trophy. Yep. Which I really like. Um, the history of it is the first trophy named for an African-American in college football. Which is great. There, sh- there should be more than one. There should be more than one. There but should be many. There, there are many people deserving of the honor. Yeah. Um, so, but the George Jewett Trophy... Because he was the first African-American player on both teams. Michigan for undergrad and starting med school and Northwestern for uh, finishing med school. 
which is pretty cool. Which is very cool. But also there should be more. There should be more. I also learned he was, and this is definitely a tangent, this is the tangent episode at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, All of this. Yeah. He um, was the highest scoring player on both the mission. I don't know, on both teams for years until that 1906 squad. He was the highest scoring player for Michigan. Uh, but some Ew, of the other what a rock star and he's only getting a trophy now. He's only getting a trophy now, which apparently some Northwestern history major was reading just out of curiosity. Who was the first player learned the story, emailed all both coaches, both ADs and the big 10 said, Hey, we should do something about this. And they were all just, yes, this is great. It's a great story. It is a great story. My, there are a bunch of other uh, fun trophies in the big 10, like the $5 bits of broken chair. <laughs> I don't know what that one's about, but that's pretty funny. So it started between um, it started between the Twitter account for Goldie Gopher, the Minnesota mascot, <laughs> and a fake Twitter account for the um, Nebra- then Nebraska head coach, Bo Pelini, called Faux Pelini. <laughs> uh, and so they said, "Well, we're now supposed to be rivals. We need a trophy." And so one and so one of the accounts said, "Well." We'll play for five dollars, and the other said we should play for a broken chair. <laughs> and they played for a broken chair. And so it's all fan. It's not officially recognized by the Big Ten yet. Um, they yes. should recognize it, and it's called the Five Dollar Bits of Broken Chair Trophy. And it is also a charitable organization that fundraises for the Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. And I can't remember the name of the hospital, but the Children's Hospital for Nebraska. That's great. I'm here for it. I I love trophies that happen either like, like I mean the the George Jewett Trophy way overdue, but I yeah, love the trophies that absolutely. are things like the Brown Jug where it's they rush the field and just grab something from the sideline and just started pretending it was a trophy and now a hundred more than a hundred years later it's a trophy. I'm here for it. Um, or the the five dollar so bits of broken chair, which is only a few years old, but it's just sports are fun. Yeah, and like I have. I really appreciate when somebody comes up with something that's silly and people are people are enjoying it and they find some way to use it to do good. It's absolutely. So like extra here for them on that. Absolutely. That is that tangent's definitely going into the ep- tangents episode. Oh my god. This <laughs> tangents episode is gonna be like half from this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, really got, we, also, at it today. we also have what, ten minutes on the on the uh, Treaty of Versailles? Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of tangents. This is going to be like three episodes of tangents. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Shebrews Hebrews, a Jewish fermenting podcast brought to you by myself, Evan Harris, and Allison Shea. This podcast was edited by Evan Harris and is produced by Evan Harris and Allison Shea. As always, you can find the podcast along with our show notes and full podcast transcripts uh, on our website, as well as you can find the podcast on Instagram at Jewish Fermentation Podcast. Please remember to drink responsibly, and thank you for listening.